y'all good morning glad to see you here glad that you can see us where you are that's right i am glad yes we were talking yesterday about uh, the the online presence and so we're thankful that you are able to watch virtually even when you're not able to be here for whatever reason so hello and uh, be blessed amen and if you're not able to be here this week we are praying that you'll be able to be back next week Amen. That's right, girl. Amen. 
Yes, so we are. <laughs> we're glad. That, we're glad that Olivia is here. Yes, Amen. And yeah, and that mommy and daddy are here too, right? We're glad. Yeah. So <laughs> we are glad. If you have not yet brought your things for our shoe boxes, the month of August is all about back to school. So bring your school supplies. It can't be anything that is liquidy, so no glue or anything like that. But uh, but it can be pencils and crayons and all sorts of notebooks if they'll fit into the the box now sometimes those really big ones will not but if there are composition books then you can we can probably shove those down in there rulers anything like that that you think would be necessary for going back to school please do bring those things for our shoe boxes if you don't have money bring a shoe box if you don't have any money to go out and buy stuff bring just bring a shoe box and that's very helpful because again we have a lot of stuff that we have already gathered and we're still going to be gathering until November so we want to have plenty of boxes available uh, also two weeks from now is first Sunday meal the first Sunday in September we'll be having our meal together uh, as time gets closer we'll let you know about our Gideon yes is coming on what date the 19th so our Gideon will be here on the 19th to to uh, minister the the work of the Gideons to us tell us all about what they are doing and different things like that and again I've said plenty of times and pastor says all the time that uh, Gideons are amen yes <laughs> Gideons are that's one of the best things that you can give your money to because every bit 100% of the things that they the money that they raise goes straight to purchasing Bibles to go out throughout all the world in places that we we possibly could not go so please do be saving some money for that if you know already right now you're not going to be here on the 19th then uh, then leave your money with somebody else so that they can they can give for you and the Gideon will be blessed so those things are happening we, we've got other things going on as the as the time gets closer to the end of the year I you know we say this but it's it's crazy because it is the second half of the year right now so I, it, it comes upon us so very quickly so be mentally prepared that we got lots of things going on and, and begin to invite people for the things that we will have um just this uh, a week or so ago i was <laughs> bless it um <laughs> sorry she's just so cute um just this this past week i was I was driving down the road. It's a normal road that I go on every single day. And so any changes would be noticeable. And this house, uh, the, the people who own the house, had just gotten a brand new fence, a really nice, fancy fence. So, I mean, as soon as I'm approaching the house, I notice that they have a new fence. So all of this, uh, for me to observe this was not so abnormal because, again, I see this house every day. So it's like bam, 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 all these things. And and the the fence very nice fence in the f uh, in their front yard and and as I'm driving by I notice a groundhog that is is trying to burrow underneath the fence because apparently yes apparently this groundhog had been in that area before and he's like I I don't know why there's a fence now and so he was at the edge of the fence trying to dig under again I'm I'm driving by but I'm noticing this and I thought oh my golly this is this is not good someone needs to let them know that uh, they've got a breach in this new fancy fence that they've put in because this groundhog is trying to get in you know they had obviously built the the fence for 
and uh, protecting their yard from predators of the yard and they had uh, since that time I've seen their dogs they have two dogs uh, that out in the out in the front yard running around seeming to have a great time and I thought someone should warn them that something's trying to get in their fence and then I thought something is trying to get in your fence I'm warning y'all something is trying to get in your fence no matter what type of protection you put up in your life there is always an enemy trying to get in he will try his best to find a way over under or through he will do his best to come in 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 the least obvious of ways and sometimes the most obvious of ways but there is there's someone when we try to protect our heart when we surrender our heart to christ when when he hedges us in there is someone, there is an enemy trying to get in, but thank you, Lord, that he is a hedge of protection around us. Amen. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. You are so good and merciful and righteous. God, we thank you. We lift you up. We bless your holy name. Father, I thank you and I praise you for each and every person who is here, each and every person who's able to watch online. God, I just ask you now that you would have your will in each life. God, there is no one who is here by accident. There is no one who is watching by accident. But God, you see and know the needs that we have brought with us, each and every one. God, I thank you and I praise you that you are the one who supplies all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that we can bring to you all our requests, that we can bring to you our hurts and our concerns and that they are concerning to you. You take them as your own, and you answer those needs according to what your plan is. God, I just ask that you would have your will in your way in each and every life. God, I pray that there would be souls saved and lives changed. God, people who would not leave here like they came according to your will. Lord, we pray that everything that is said and done today would honor and please you. Lord, not for our glory, but for yours, to lift you up, to bless your holy name. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me who the sun sets free oh is free indeed I'm a child of God yes I am free at last free at last he has ransomed me his grace runs deep while a slave to sin Jesus died for me yes he died for me who the sun sets free oh it's free indeed I'm a child of God oh yes I am in my father's there's a place for me I'm a child of God Oh yes I am Sing, I am chosen I am chosen Not 
not forsaken. Oh, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Lord, I am who you say I am. Sing that again. I am chosen, not forsaken. Lord, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. So I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sing out his promise. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. So I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. Who the sun Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. You are so good to us, God. We thank you for your love and your mercy, God. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fail me. All my days. I've been held in your hand From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head 
I will sing of the goodness of God. Has he been good to you? Because all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, Lord, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness God. All my life, and all my life, you have been faithful, even when I wasn't God. And all my life, you have been so, so good with every breath that I am able. Lord, I will sing of the goodness of God. Sing, your goodness is running. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good with every breath that I am able. Lord, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. All my life, and all my life, you have been faithful. And all my life, you have been so, so good with every breath that I am able. Lord, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Lord, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. 
thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You have been so good. You have been so good, God. Thank you, Lord. There is a river of gladness that pours from Emmanuel's veins. The sinner was plunged beneath the flood and God saved. Since then I walk in forgiveness. All of my guilt was erased. The chains of the past, they are broken at last. I got saved. Oh, I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? Sin, the goodness, I tested and tasted His grace. I was so lost, and I fell at His cross, and God saved. Oh, I got saved, and I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of my Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? The love of God The love of God won't let me stay the same. The love of God pulls me up higher. His will is stronger. That's why I got saved. Now I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of my Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I've got Jesus. How could I want more? Give him praise this morning. If you know you've been saved, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Father.
Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's good to have all of you with us today. It's good to have. Now, these folks are not guests. They've been here before. As a matter of fact, he preached behind the pulpit one time. If my memory's not gone completely bad, I believe he preached for us one time. So we are, but we are glad to have you with us. Now, this might be her first time here. Is this her first time here? Oh, well, then she is, then she is a guest. So we are. Glad to have her with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithing offering if our usher will come at this time. Thank you for your gifts and for your giving. I do appreciate it. I know the church does, and I hope that God will continue to bless you for your gifts and for your giving. Brother Joyner, would you say the blessing this morning? We are here now for some um, prayer requests that you may have this morning. I was told I need to speak up so so they can hear me online. Yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Gretchen. Yes, definitely pray for them. Keep them safe. Sister Jordan.
space there. Anything, anything else? Rhonda, I'm sorry. Okay. I want to pray for my mom. She wasn't feeling good last week. I want to make sure. I'd like to for the Lord to heal her. You need. Yes, sir. Spoken requests, raise hands. Stand with me as we take these requests to the Lord.
fellowship.
Stay focused, Lucy. Bless it. Amen. Amen. Glory. No worries, brother. You just fellowship and it's sister. <laughs> and and Lord, if um, and I don't know. I think we talked about this before. Someone else said this. You know, I don't know how it works exactly in heaven. And and sometimes. Um, you know, Dad says, "Mom, if you're looking over the portals of glory." Uh, but, <laughs> but Lord, if Sister Dyson can hear us, just let her let her know we love her, and we're thinking about her right now. <laughs> um, bless it. So, today, talking a little bit more about faith, and and I, I don't want to declare that it's that it's coming to an end. I, we'll see what the Lord does, but. It feels a little closer to the feels a little closer to the end of not the end of faith. Please don't end your faith, but it feels a little closer to the end of the series and and starting up some different things. And uh, so, if that if this is the end, then y'all listen good. And if you're watching online, listen good. Um, we have been talking about faith for the past quite a few weeks. We've had a lot of faith chapters. And in our study of faith, last week we talked about how to have great big faith. Um, great faith, number one, is under authority. I cannot presume to control God, although I am allowed to request anything of my Father. I can come before Him. I can cast all of my cares on Him. I can bring Him a list a mile long of things that I would like, and He doesn't mind that in the least, but I must submit my will to His. If He looks at all the, the requests that I've made, and he says, not today. Nope, this isn't good for you. This isn't best. Um, we're going a different way. Then I have to stay under his authority, and that's how to have big faith. The second thing about great faith, it understands the power of a word. With one word, with one crumb off the table of the master, one crumb, one word from the Almighty, that's more than enough to see my need and to meet my need. So we have to remember those two things for great faith. Our faith education has been leading us to what I believe we'll be seeing today, a, a level of faith that we each need to have, but that it's going to be difficult for us to get there. 
a level of faith that's going to take a lot of soul searching and a mind change. And I want us to, as we examine, as we hear the word today, look inward, not for the purpose of condemnation, but for the necessity of realization, and ask ourselves, is the power working? I am, for the past, um, well, the past couple times that we've been in Brother Mike's class, it doesn't happen very often, but the times that we have been, you know, I've been, oh, this is good stuff, because we're, it's, it's adding to what the Lord is speaking to me, and so this is from, I told y'all, y'all would hear it again. So if you were in Brother Mike's class that one night that we talked about Ephesians, today we are in Ephesians chapter 3. I told y'all, y'all would hear it again. Pretend that you didn't hear it. Pretend this is brand new and that it is a revelation. Okay. So if you were turning to Ephesians chapter 3. The verses that we will see here were written by Paul to the church of Ephesus this was a pagan city that was known for their worship of Artemis, who was the goddess Diana that we know. It was the base of operations for Paul for a number of years. He worked from Ephesus in his, it was kind of his home as he went off doing his ministry exploits. And it is also thought to be the location over which John was appointed as an overseer. So this was kind of, John the Revelator, John the Beloved that we know, was the, the state overseer of the entire Ephesus region. So we see this church decades later when John writes to them that they were warned to return to their first love, do their first works over again. So from this place, when the first church was established here, this is where Paul is speaking but then, again, 30, 40 years later, John is having to say to them, go back to your first love, turn back, and, and do your first works over again. In, Ephes in Ephesians excuse me, chapter 3, starting in verse 14, it says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, Paul, I love him, but sometimes he gets a little complicated in what he's talking about. So we're going to be breaking this down, and we'll finish out the chapter in just a, a few minutes. But, but earlier in this chapter, he had been encouraging the believers that God had a plan for them from the very beginning. He said to the believers in Ephesus, there was this mystery that God ordained from the foundation of the world. And the mystery is that the Gentiles would become part of the family of God. The, up till this point, the Jews had believed they were the only ones. Now, we've never been in that boat, right, to think we're the only ones going. 
Oh, Lord, help us. But, but the Jews had for thousands of years thought, you know, we're the only ones. We're God's chosen people. We are it. But God had revealed this mystery to the apostles, to Paul specifically saying, the Gentiles are also going to be saved. This is going to be a vast number of the believers who will come in are the Gentiles. And Paul was encouraging the church here that this was the case. This is why Paul begins his prayer. He's, he addresses God, who is the Father of the Supreme Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord. Notice that he uses all the names and titles of Jesus. This is, this is significant because it's not just Jesus who was fully man. It's not just Christ who was fully God. It is also our Lord who is supreme over all things. So he makes it a point to use all three names, saying that not only did God know from the very beginning that the Gentiles would be saved, but also that our Lord Jesus Christ was there at the beginning, beginning knowing that he was going to be dying for all of the people in the whole world. So he makes us all one family under his name. So let's take a look at what Paul is requesting from God in his prayer. First he says, I pray that God would grant strength. In the Greek this is empower or increase in vigor. This word is only used four times within scripture. He asked God for strength with might. He would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. The word might here is force power, miracles, and abundance. So he's asking, God, give strength with power, with miracles. Give to your people that you have made one under God. Give them the power to have miraculous signs occur in their lives. He says, I pray that you'll be strengthened on the inside that your inner man would be strengthened by the Spirit because I don't know about you, but I know that we can fake it sometimes. That I can look on the outside like I got it all together. And trust me, I try my best. Have y'all seen my mother? Oh, well. Um, but, I, you know, you, you try your best to, to look like you got it together. To, to put yourself on. Like, okay, even though I'm not feeling it on the inside, I'm going to look like I got it on the outside. But here Paul is saying, I don't pray that you're strengthened on the outside. I don't pray that your, your muscles get bigger and you look better to everybody around you. I'm not praying that on the outside everything looks fine, but on the inside you're wasting away. He said, I pray that the inner man be strengthened by the Spirit. The inner man is often where the struggle occurs. But God is abundantly able, Paul says, through his riches to grant this to each and every one of us. That we are strengthened on the inside. He also asked that Christ would dwell. This word dwell, well, we understand that, that in other terms, in other times, he's talking about to tabernacle. And a tabernacle was a tent that was set up that could be moved periodically. 
And it was always God's desire. I say this to y'all all the time, and if you never remember anything else, it was always God's desire to live among his people. From the very beginning, that was his heart. That is why he created the garden, and he would every day come down and speak with Adam and Eve, talk to them, ask them how their day was, spend time with them, because God has always wanted to be with us. And then when they were cast out of the garden, later on when he gave Moses the directions for the tabernacle, the tabernacle was put in the very center of the entire camp because God wanted to be the center, the focus of all that the people were doing. He wanted to dwell among his people, that his presence would live there with them. But the tabernacle was movable. And then later on, when they were established as a nation, he allowed Solomon to build the temple. And that was the place that his name would dwell. He said, okay, I'm going to live here among my people and they can come visit me whenever they need to, want to. But the beautiful thing was, this was just a foretaste of what he was going to do through Jesus. That he said, there will come a time that I can live not only with them, but in them. And this word here, dwell, is very different than a movable tabernacle. This means to permanently reside, to inhabit within their hearts and he says this only happens by faith that christ may dwell in your hearts by faith the only way that we can have a permanent dwelling place for god is by faith if we do not allow him to live there permanently we'll talk about this in just a minute but sometimes we have guests that come into our house and they're allowed to do a certain number of things because they're a guest but they're not allowed to do everything. Make yourself at home, but you got to leave sometime. Right? Amen. Make yourself at home, but... And if that's how we're reacting with Jesus, then we're not letting him dwell there by faith. We're not saying to him, yes, make this your home. Make yourself comfortable. Do whatever you want to here. But that's what Paul is asking the Lord for these people in Ephesus. It is only by faith that we are saved, by faith that we accept the gift of salvation and every other unmerited favor of God. By faith we can be, he says, rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. To be rooted, which is stable, and to be grounded, which is to lay the foundation. We're building this home. We're allowing Jesus to live in this home of our hearts. So we have to lay that foundation for him to live there. And this is the part that we may have more of a struggle with. He said that we may be able, and this word able means literally to have full strength. This word is only used once. He said that you may have the strength to comprehend. Not the understanding, not the knowledge to comprehend, but that you have the strength to comprehend. And it's so powerful to me that he says it this way because there are times, and I don't know about you, but when I think about the reasons that Jesus shouldn't love me. <laughs> when I think about the reasons that I've done wrong and that I've been bad and that I've hurt him and failed him time after time, when I think about the reasons that he shouldn't love me, 
then I'm not able to allow that love to sink down deep. So when Paul says, I pray that you have the strength to comprehend, to take eagerly, to seize and possess, that you may comprehend with all the saints. This goes beyond our thought of comprehension merely as understanding, but asking us not just to know that Jesus loves us, but to have the faith to hold on to this truth. To have a heart knowledge rather than a head knowledge. Yeah, I know that Jesus loves me. Sure, I sing that song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Sure, of course I know that with my head. But to be able to understand it with my heart is different. I have to lay hold of the concept of the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love. Of course, we understand breadth, how wide something is, the length, how, how long something is. But also the depth, this, is the, this means mystery or the profound nature and the height, the elevation, and the dignity of his love. To know the love of God which is beyond knowledge. Again, Paul, he, he says things that don't really make sense. To know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. He says, I want you to know something that's impossible to know. I want you to know something. I want you to understand something that's nearly impossible to understand, which is how much God loves you. He says, when we know the love of God, which is beyond knowledge, we will be filled with fullness. Now, how can we know something that is past the realm of knowledge? How can you know something that, that you can't know? by faith faith is the substance of things that we hope for and the evidence of things that we cannot see if we do not have faith then we cannot believe how can God love me without faith we can't believe it without faith we can't accept it but he says when you do you are filled and this word filled means literally to cram that you are crammed full and it also means to level up. Oh, my. That we are filled up, that we level up when we understand how much God loves us. We're filled with the fullness of God. And in the last two verses, we know these pretty well. But taking a look at verses 20 and 21, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Unto him that is able. Now, Paul had previously prayed that we would be able that we would have the strength 
to comprehend God's love. But here he says, I'm giving praise to the one who is able, who has all the strength to do exceeding abundantly above. Now, we've talked about this before. Y'all know. That phrase, exceeding abundantly above, all three of these words mean the same thing. So Paul could have just used one. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding above, exceeding abundantly, exceeding abundantly above. He uses all three. This is exponentially greater than we can ask, think, or imagine because what he's really saying is, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, exceedingly abundantly above, exceedingly abundantly above. So he's using these three words that mean the exact same thing, that mean all three words. So this is greater and bigger than we can possibly think. That he's using this phrase. For Paul to use them all in conjunction is excessive. The idea implied by these words is not just more, but also better. Not only can he do more and go beyond what I can ask, think, or imagine, but he can do better than I can ask, think, or imagine. I can ask for something. I can ask for, Lord, please heal this, this physical problem that I'm having. But if I trust in God, if I have faith in him, then he can heal the inner situation that's causing the outward pain. If I say, Lord, fix this problem in a relationship that I have, not only can he make it on the surface better, but he can go within my heart and the heart of the person that I'm praying for, and he can change us and make us both better so that the root of the problem is dug up. He can do better than all that I can ask. Those things that I call for, those things that I crave, those things that I beg him for. He can do more than I think, meaning to comprehend, to understand, or consider. We've already said that it was hard for us to comprehend how great the love of God is, but he can, he can do more for us than we can comprehend. My thinking, my asking, desiring, and imagining has been too small since God is able to do so much more. We talked about this before. That my faith, my faith has stopped because I can only believe for what I can see. That sometimes I lose out on so much that the Lord has for me because I, I'm not asking for enough. I need to ask bigger. I need to ask God whatever it is that you want to do. God, I see this situation and I believe that this may be what you have planned, but God, if you want to do more, if you want to do bigger, if you want to do greater, then God, I, I accept that. I say, yes, Lord, whatever the platform is, you just you stretch it and you make it bigger. God, I take the limits off of my prayers to you. I want us to comprehend this because if this is the last of faith, if this is the end of the messages about faith, I want us to grasp hold that God has so much more than what we're believing for, than what we're asking for. We ask for day by day that God would give us strength. But God can do more than that. He can give us opportunities to minister, to be a miracle for someone. He can 
work in us that we're the answer to help those around us. God can do so much more and greater and bigger and better. He can make us the church outside of these four walls. And when we limit our prayers, when we limit our understanding, it is to our hurt because he can do so much more. According to his whims and fancy. Wait, is that not what it says? Hold on. According to how good I've been that day. Oh, wait, okay. According to how much I can impress him with my legalistic tendencies. When I say this, that is no condemnation to anyone because I can be very legalistic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if y'all know that about me, but, you know, that perfectionist nature, really, it appeals to me because I'm like, I can be good, God. I can be really good. I can do everything exactly right. Okay, I can, I can read a certain amount, and if that doesn't please you, I can read more. I can pray for a certain length of time, and if you're not happy with that, I can pray more. And I can fast and deny myself all sorts of things if that'll make you happy. But the thing is, that's not what he's looking for. He doesn't love me because of that. And so when I say that it's hard to understand how much God loves us, I'm speaking from a place of experience because so often I, I come to him thinking that I, I can only be loved if I'm good. I can only be loved if I've been good enough that day. But I mean, I really and truly... Oh, Lord, I forgot to ask prayer for this person. I said I would pray for them, and oh, I'm sorry, Lord. Oh, God, I, I had that opportunity to bless a person, and I forgot to, and I or didn't do it, or I said no to you, and God, I'm so sorry, and you must be so disappointed in me. But it is not according to how good I've been. It is according to the power of, and this word dunamis means force, specifically miraculous power. This is the same word that was used in verse 16 to be strengthened with might by his spirit. So Paul has already prayed for this, that we be set up with that power. God, God is putting that within us through the prayer of Paul He's saying, yes, that power is within you already. This is the power that works in you. Worketh in us, energeo, which is active, efficient, and effectual. This is the word from which we get energy. The power that works, the power that is energetic within us. He provides the energy. He provides the strength. When I am low, when I don't feel like I have the strength to go on, when I don't feel like I can do one more thing, it is His energy that makes it possible. It is His strength that takes me a little further. It is His power that works within me. So if I'm not operating in the compound, exponential, exceeding abundantly above type of power. 
then I need to re-examine all these prayers. I need to go back and ask myself, is Christ at home in my heart by faith? Is he permanently dwelling? If he and by extension the Holy Spirit have made my heart their dwelling place, my faith should be at work for the miraculous. This is a promise that God has spoken. This is not a maybe. This is not because Paul was so much better. He constantly talks about how awful he had been. He talks in Romans. It says, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I do. Wretched man that I am, how, who will deliver me from this? If Paul struggled with these types of things and he still was having miraculous power in his life, it has nothing to do with how good I can be, but how good God is within me. So is the power at work in your life? If we are offered this wonder-working, miraculous power that can accomplish more than what we've ever dared to dream, the contingency being that the power works within us, then what are we waiting for? What are we missing? Mm. There are a few questions that we need to ask ourselves to be able to examine the state of our hearts. There are three questions that I believe we can see through what Paul is saying. Examine our hearts today. Number one, has your inner man been strengthened by the Spirit? The might, the power that must be active for miraculous to take place comes from the Holy Spirit. Is he active in our lives? Is he energetic within our hearts? So you can only you can ask that because again, I can look good from the outside, but with the inside, I, I don't know, is my inner man strong in the power of the Spirit? I can't see inside your heart. We receive the earnest of the Spirit when we receive Christ as our Savior. The earnest of the Spirit shows that Jesus made it back to heaven and that he's going to come again for us. So as soon as we receive Christ as our Savior, the Spirit comes in. He dwells within our hearts. He is our comforter. He is our, our conscience. He's our paraclete, that one who comes alongside and walks with us. But he desires to do more. There is another level we can level up in the holy spirit because he wants to fill us not only dwell within us not only be working as our comforter but also the one who indwells who fills up he desires to fill us with his presence and power he desires to speak through us he desires to speak on our behalf to the father because Paul as well talks about this. That then there, there are times that there are things in our hearts that we can't even speak, that we don't even know how to verbalize what's hurting, what's going on. We don't even know how to ask God, but the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins to speak to the Father for us with groanings and utterances that only God and he can understand. He desires to give us a boldness for witnessing because the, the Bible says that that we will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon us to be witnesses into all the world. 
So if you have not been indwelled with the Holy Spirit. Now again, the Holy Spirit, when you receive Christ, he comes in to live. You do not have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. If you disagree with me, we'll talk after. If you're watching and you disagree, we'll talk after. You do not have to speak in tongues to go to heaven, but having the power of the Holy Spirit to speak through you as that initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is, that is energy. That is power. That is strength for the inner man. And if you have not yet received that, it is important in your journey with the Lord that that happens. I did not try, I, as I was studying this, it was not a, a receive the baptism message, but if y'all need to receive the baptism, come on up and we'll pray. Uh, that was the thing last week we talked about. If you know how to let go and hold on at the same time, then... <laughs> but the thing is, it takes faith and surrender. I have to believe that that's a promise for me, and I have to surrender myself. Because if I try to control it, if I try to control what I say or how I look, then that, that puts me in charge, and it shuts it right down. But when I'm able to surrender and say, Lord, whatever, whatever you want to say through me, whatever you want to do through me, here I am. Say it, do it, empower me in whatever way you want to. The second question is, is Christ permanently dwelling in your heart by faith? And we say, of course, of course he is. I'm a believer, so Jesus is in my heart. Well, certainly. But is he a permanent resident or is he a guest? We just talked about this. A guest has to ask permission for certain things. A guest has to ask for directions within the house. Where is such and such a thing? Where do you keep your towels? Where do you keep extra soap? Do you have an extra toothbrush? Different things like this. You know, can I have some milk? Do you mind if I do this or that? A guest has to ask permission, has to ask directions. A guest only stays as long as they are welcome. But a permanent resident sets up the way that they want since they own the place. A permanent resident says, I bought this place. I'm going to do whatever I want to with it. Sometimes we may hold back a little bit of our hearts. Lord, help us. When the Lord begins to say, oh, I think we need to knock down this wall. And we say, oh, Jesus, I don't think that's a good idea. That's been there for a long time. That's, uh, that's, that's holding up. That's keeping me together. God, let's not knock that down. But if he is the owner, if he's the permanent resident, then whatever he wants to do, God, if it hurts, do it anyway. If it changes the way that I feel, do it anyway. God, if that's what you want, if that's what's best for me, change the structure build something different knock down walls change the way that it looks here inside he begins to change things to make it more like home is Christ the owner of your heart have you by faith 
and surrender allowed him to take control or are we denying him access to certain places within our heart? Saying, God, I don't know if that's the best idea. I don't really like what you're doing there. God, I'd rather you change the other person and not change me. This full access causes us to be rooted and grounded in love. Love for one another and love for God. And then the third thing, again, possibly the most difficult, do you comprehend the love of God toward you? Because I know that God wants to save me. Of course, I see that in his word. God wants to save all people. He, he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I know that the Holy Spirit wants to control me, certainly. Well, if I think of it like that, control me. Mm-hmm. But do I know that both of these are because I am deeply loved beyond our, my comprehension? That God wants to save me, not just so that he can have another name on his role, but because he loves me too much to want me to go to hell? Do I understand that the Holy Spirit wants to take control, not because he's controlling, but because he knows what's best and he wants me to, to go in the right direction. He wants me to have purpose. Consider for a moment the love of God toward you. Before the world began, God made a plan to sacrifice his only son. Think about that. Think about your your child, if you only have the one, or your favorite one. If any of my siblings are watching, y'all know it's me. It's okay. Um, but think about that for a second, that, that before, before the world began, God said, this son that I love, this son that is, I am me and he is, I am him and he is me and and we're one. He said, I'm going to send him to die. And think for a second that he loves us so much that every good and perfect blessing from his word has been offered to us. That each and every day his mercies are new. That each and every day he, he gives us from his store of benefits That his love is so deep that instead of forcing us to love and accept him, he offers us a choice. And this is a powerful thing too, this idea of choice, because if I'm forced to love someone, if I'm forced to do something, then my love won't be as strong. Oftentimes people ask, why doesn't God stop people from doing bad things? Because he loves every single person so much that he gives every single person a choice if God stopped giving every single person a choice then he would stop being fair and righteous and then that would stop him being God so from the very beginning he gave each of us a choice so he will not stop until the end of time he will never force anyone to do anything so just by virtue of the fact that we are allowed to do evil is a sign that God loves because he's not forcing. And that's, that's beyond our comprehension, yes, but that is, that is truth. 
think that this love is so great that even when we were in the wretchedness of sin, God chose us and called us and drew us to himself that when I was so bad, he still chose to pull me up. That even when he saw the very worst, he still chose to give me salvation for free. That that even when I mess up now and I, I do wrong, that he doesn't hold it against me when I come to him for forgiveness. He forgets about it and throws it into the sea of forgetfulness and he brings me back. When we grasp this, this depth of love, we begin to trust. We will then be filled with fullness. We level up. It's time to level up. It's time to accept that God loves you for who you are right now. It is time to understand that God sent his only son to die for you like you are right now. And that legalism and trying to make myself better will not ever be enough. My righteousness, my righteousness is no good. But that when I am able to just accept it, yes, Lord, you love me for who I am. I know all the bad stuff, but you do too. I know all the times I mess up, but you do too. I know all the reasons you shouldn't love me, but you do. And when I, when I receive that, when I accept that, then I begin to walk differently. I begin to level up. He takes me to a new level of understanding, a new level of power. Because when I can rest in his love, I don't have anything else to prove. I don't have to try to be better for anybody or anything. My acts don't make me more or less lovable to God. When I am fully known and fully loved, I begin to change. I love differently because I'm no longer afraid to give love away. Trying to insulate myself from being hurt. When I know it doesn't matter if this person or that person or that person loves me or accepts me. God loves me and accepts me. And I will give away as much love as that person needs, even if they don't ever love me back. I will minister and help this person as much as God requires, even if I never get anything returned, because my source is God. The source of my love is not coming from this person. So I no longer need to keep grasping at straws and, and trying to please this person or that person or that person because they're, they're not my source. That gives power. That gives energy. When I realize people around me are not my source, but God is. And he loves me. I begin to treat people differently. I'm able to believe for the miraculous because if he loves me so very much, then if he wants it for me, he won't deny it to me. 
if he's saying that I can receive miracles, if he's saying that I can do miracles, if he's saying that I can see greater and bigger things happen in my life, I don't have to doubt that. I don't have to say, well, God, are you sure that's for me? Because his word says it is. His word says that when he is dwelling within me, I am able to do exceedingly abundantly above. According to the power that works in me, things will be So again, we are able by faith to receive exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. If I have not experienced such abundance, then I must ask myself, has my inner man been strengthened by the Spirit? Is Christ permanently dwelling within my heart by faith? And do I comprehend the incomprehensible love of God that is toward me? As the music plays, as we think about this and again it may be that next week you know the Lord is leading me toward faith if not if not then this is the finale of faith and it is time y'all it's time to level up in her faith if you can receive in the posture of standing then I ask you to stand and uh, if you can't stand physically or for whatever reason then that's fine but if you can if you can receive by standing and if you want to raise your hands and receive what the Lord has for you if you feel comfortable doing that then today I just ask us as we pray that we receive from the Lord that we accept from him the love that he has for each of us Heavenly Father we come to you now giving you praise and thanks God, lifting you up for all that you are, that you are greater and bigger, <laughs> that you have exceedingly abundantly above anything that we can think or imagine. God, you have things planned for us that we can't see. And Father, today, we ask that each person would be strengthened in the inner man. God, right now I pray that for each person who's here, that their inner man would just be strengthened, would, that they would begin to feel, that they would begin to feel the power of your Holy Spirit coming upon them. And Father, if there's anyone here who has not received the baptism of your Holy Spirit, yes, we have received the unction, we've received that portion of your Holy Spirit, but God, if there's anyone who has not received the baptism, I pray that you would help them to surrender today that in their praise in their prayers that they would just begin to feel a loosening a surrender that they would begin to speak in a in a heavenly language that only you can speak with god i just pray for each and every person to be strengthened on the inside father god i pray that you would make a permanent dwelling place in each of our hearts. Father, if there's any of us who have been holding back from you, God, you've been trying to tear down some walls. You've been trying to redecorate. You've been trying to, to take out away some things that don't please you. Father God, I pray that we would each make you the master. God, that we would each hand over ownership and say, yes, according to faith, I believe, God, that you are going to do whatever you want to do in me.
God, break down the walls. Break down anything that is in me that doesn't please you. Heavenly Father, take over. Father, we pray for each person. God, that you would break us. God, search in our hearts. Search us. Break us. Send us out to do your work. Make your permanent home in our hearts. And God, we pray that you would help us to understand how much you love us. God, that it is not about how great we can be. It is not about how impressive or how many verses we can memorize or how many times we can fast. But God, it is about building a relationship with you and accepting the love that you give. God, all those other things come about because of our love for you. The reading and the prayer, the devotion times, God, we understand that. That it flows out of our devotion to you, not of our trying to please you. Not of our trying to be good enough and accepted. God, we just, I ask for each person today that they would understand and accept how much you love them. God, that we would understand, that we would receive from you the love that you desire to give. Father, I just ask that you would increase our faith. That you would give us powerful faith. That the power would be operating within us, God. Have your will in each of us. Have your will in each of us. Because I believe, Lord, that you're going to do something big. God, we understand that if we're still here, if we're still alive, then there's still a purpose. We understand that if we're still in this place, you're still working. That you have not given up on us. We understand that your plans and your purposes will be done. And we ask you, please, Lord, do them through me. Do them through each person here. We trust you, God. We trust you. We trust you. We thank you. We praise you. And we say over your people, May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Lord.